like them being known for me and being trying to be, I think they just feel like they can't come at me this evening because I'm really a street person. So yeah. it's like. Um, all right, you ready to start? Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we are rolling into another episode of the Candace Owens Show. I will be honest and I will say for the first time in my political career, I have been feeling pessimistic about the black community. I jumped into uh, this space of feeling optimistic, feeling like there was change that could be implemented uh, if we were willing to have the tough conversations. When I look up uh, at the world today and I see these protests and I see these riots um, and I see who and what is at the center of these riots, uh, when I see black businesses being burned down, uh, when I see black criminals being martyred, um, and when I see black athletes and black celebrities and black community leaders sanctioning this violence in our community and remaining mum on the larger instances of violence in our community, I wonder if black America will ever get ahead. When I sit down and I think by myself about why we ended up in this predicament, um, I always come up with the answer of culture. What is black culture? How is it impacting black America? Um, is it for the better or is it for the worse? Here to discuss all of those things with me is a First and foremost, a personality. If you are not following online, he goes by the moniker Kingface. Welcome to the Candace Owens Show. Happy to be here. Thank you for having me. Kingface is also, for those of you that are listening, he is one of my Black City ambassadors. Uh, he speaks to the Black community, and by himself, he is the founder of something called the DAD Project, uh, which stands for Developing American Dreams. Um, there's so much that we need to get into, and I uh, could go off on a tangent here. Um, just give us your take on what's happening right now uh, with Black Lives Matter and all of these protests and riots. I mean, I just think it's, a, it, it's a, in a sense, a test to see who they can control and who they can't. Black Lives Matter, they've always used the emotions of black people in order to get their agendas to be pushed. And I've noticed that it's like everything is emotional. It's like everything, you got cops shooting somebody and they put this certain narrative. And what that does in our community, it builds fear. And once you're afraid of something, especially with officers who you're supposed to feel safe around and they keep pushing that narrative, people are gonna now be put in more positions to have those things happen because that's how they make their money. That's how they get their exposure is through the death of black men. They don't get it from actually, you know, protecting black lives at all. Nothing is about black lives matter that has to do with any black lives. If somebody could show me when they've been around to actually prevent these George Floyd incidents, as you would say, from happening, then I could look at black lives like it's a positive thing, but they're not doing that. They only come around election time. They only come around when a black, a black dead man gets killed by a cop that's white or perceived to be white. And they use that to actually use, use that to destroy our strength within ourselves. It's like, it's like wearing a mask. It's killing the immune system. It's weakening us more and more and more and more and more and more. So then you look at it like, now I could get them because they're already broken down. Even with this George Floyd situation, there's people that usually don't care about that stuff that I noticed was like, yo, that's messed up. To, but to the point where they're praising him, that's why I, when people say, oh, you agree with Candace? I'm like, yes, we have to stop praising these type of people. And Black Lives Matter, that's all they ever push. I've never seen in my life, if, th if this exists, then I want to see it. A kid going to school, minding his business, you know, getting good grades, no record, getting shot by a cop. Is it a coincidence that everybody that's shot by a cop has a bad record? So even everyone people like you, George Floyd, I'm like, and you said it so perfect. I'm like, wow, it makes so much sense. How, what about that woman that he put the gun to her stomach? What do you think she's going through right now? It's like, you guys are making him like the greatest guy on earth. He's probably one of the worst. You know, especially a pregnant woman, like, come on, you have to have some kind of morals, no matter what crimes you're involved in. Because when I grew up, it was no women and kids. If you're dealing with somebody, it's just men on men. Kids and women, all right, we leave you. We see you walk, even in the street, like, we see you walking with your baby or your wife, all right, you got to pass for right now, bro. 
I catch you on the on the rebound. Right. There's a there's a, le- a, le- a level of respect for women and children, and that has been written into the culture of not just America, of all societies for a very long time. Women or children are seen as the most vulnerable. And when you see a pregnant woman, and this is all I could think about, you know, reading that story of she gets a knock at the door, and somebody is pretending, just the plotting that went into this, you know, pretending to be a part of the water department. Um, and by the time she opens the door and realizes something is wrong and she tries to force it shut, you have... George Floyd, who, by the way, is monstrous in size. I believe he's six seven. Was yeah, six he looked, seven? He looked huge. I, I heard. I think. I think the correct is he's six seven. Very, very big. Um, you he's know, kind of muscular. As very well. muscular. Forces his way inside to a pregnant woman. She's home alone. Uh, you know, takes the barrel of his gun and puts it to her stomach. Uh, his friend pistol whips her, and they they robbed her place. They took her wallet and. It's not like this was one incident that happened and it was, you know, oh, you know, that was back when I was on drug. No, that was the ninth time that he went to prison. It is really hard to go to prison nine times. And I'm a person that believes in second chances. I know you do too, by the way. I want to get into also your story so that we're not, you know, thinking that this is people that think people can't make a mistake. They can. People mm-hmm. can make mistakes. I've made a lot of them. You're right. But not too crazy to go to jail. Right, right. Have you been to prison nine times? No. That's, that's a record. That's got to be some sort of a record. And what does it do to the psyche of a child when you pretend that this person is just, in, you know, an ultimate victim, a hero? They were calling him a hero. Did you hear the eulogy? I mean, you would have thought this person spent his whole life dedicated to God and just trying to uplift his community when, in fact, he was terrorizing it. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that terrorize the community and stay positive things too. My thing is why we didn't give that same energy to Nipsey Hussle. That's exactly right. He was actually doing something his community. Despite that he was a part of a gang, he still said, yo, you know, I still want to build my community. I want to make what Crip is about really stand for something. Same thing with the blood thing. You know, I'm a, a former blood member. You know, I'd rather not, I'd rather not say a former blood member. I'd rather say I'm a former gang banger because there's a difference. Because really what blood is about when you when you look at it, is brotherly love override oppression and destruction? So that's what I believe in. Same thing with uh, uh, um, uh, Crips, you know, community revolution and process. So when you look at these things, these was always created to benefit and help our community. It wasn't about destruction. It was about protecting our community. It was about making you know doing the right things. But then through time, it became something destructive. But at the same time, you got to look at Nipsey Hussle, who comes from that. That gang culture that said, you know what, I want to help save lives. I want to teach my community how to build. He started building so much in his community. And it's like, you, that man gets his life taken from another person that's involved with the same gang. So when I when, when I see this, I'm like, why did y'all didn't act like this when Nipsey died? Y'all should have been tearing up everything because he was actually building the community that you guys live in. Y'all should have, not to bring violence into it, but that dude should have been killed immediately. You know what I'm saying? But nothing happens. But then a George Floyd dies, who's not a a great member of society, and he's being praised like some kind of hero. Like, listen, I understand he died in a horrible way. It was messed up. We're not going to deny that. But to praise him as somebody like he was good? No. The thing that we keep ignoring is comply. Like, comply. What is so difficult with that? What's so difficult with respect? What's so difficult about that? If when I get pulled over by a cop, I don't automatically get nervous like everybody else because I know I don't have nothing in my car. The most I could do is get a ticket. Now, how could I avoid the ticket just in case? Just be as respectful as possible. When cops pull me over, especially at night, I roll all my windows down, turn all the lights on in the car, take my key, put it on the roof of the car, and put my hand on the steering wheel. When they come, you gotta understand the fear that they have as an officer. If they come, if they approach in a car, it then happened many times that the news don't talk about. They get shot as soon as they walk up to the window because they don't know what they expect. That's why even now you see cops will be nervous they'll walk in it mm-hmm. like this because they don't know what to expect. But if I turn all the lights on, windows down, my hands on the steering wheel, key on top of the roof, he knows that he knows what's going on in my car. He knows there's nobody else in there. He knows I'm not going nowhere, and he knows I don't got no weapon to do anything to him because my hands is on the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. They come comfortable. They fit, and that energy automatically shifts. So even if they feel like it's going to be one of those sketchy calls, 
the energy shifts. It's like, oh, okay, they respect me. Maybe because, how you doing, officer? They'll be like, um, license and registration. Sure. I don't have to go, well, what you pull me over for? What, 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 what you did that? Because I'm black. Yeah, and that's the automatic first thing that comes in their mind. Mm-hmm. But this is what they're being programmed to think. And I'm like, that's dangerous. Because when you're nervous, you might make a move that you shouldn't make. And cops are just as scared, if not more, than you. They deal with this every day. So they might, especially now in this climate, it's like, you can get shot. So it's teaching our kids fear and stuff like that. We have to be more on teaching them how to prevent it from happening. And by having respect for the job that they're doing and respect your life, comply. The more you comply, you're giving them excuses. And it's going to be justified. That's why when a lot of these cases, when these cops get off, people don't know the full story. Because then there's footage of he's resisting. Like now, they're coming out with the footage showing that George was resisting. Right. And I kept saying that. I said there's... We're missing a big part of this footage because you see him get out of the car and then he's apparently against the wall. And then suddenly the next thing that we possibly see is the nine minute video. Mm -hmm. Something obviously happened. And when these toxicology reports came back, it showed that he was on fentanyl. I'm I'm like, do people understand what fentanyl is? Fentanyl will literally make you stop breathing. I mean, Mm -hmm. fentanyl is, is the most deadly drug that you could possibly put into your system. There are constant overdoses. Um, You know, my friend who's a surgeon was saying, he literally, he said to me that I give this to my patients. He's, it, 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 they're barely breathing when you know when you give them so when he said he can't breathe he's not lying if he's on fentanyl you know um and he could have not been able he issues breathing before the cops even arrested him and i'm not saying that this cop was any way justified he's not um but this is a discussion to have fentanyl right 100 times um stronger more potent than morphine i mean have you i mean i, I had to get morphine in the hospital it, it you, you don't feel anything right this guy is taking this casually as he's going into a store with you know with a counterfeit bill you know you hear the 911 call and the woman is saying this guy something's wrong with him he's on something and we're pretending this was a person as you said that was just walking down the street you know uh, trying to get to school trying to get to his class and here he here we are being hunted by cops. How difficult is it to comply? How difficult is it to not go to prison nine times? How difficult is it to not be high holding a counterfeit bill? Don't have the cops called on you. Don't put yourself in any circumstance close to that. And people have a hard time having that conversation because it centers around respect. And I think the black community has a very hard time with respect. In fact, we're a very disrespectful community. We, 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 we celebrate being disrespectful or anti-establishment. F the police, right? Call, call the female, females bitches, right? How, how, how can our youth flourish when we're teaching and promoting and celebrating and applauding disrespect? Disrespect is rioting. Disrespect is burning down a neighborhood that had nothing to do with George nothing Floyd. With disrespect is killing a police officer that has nothing to do with George Floyd. And we don't have celebrities standing up and saying it's wrong in our community. I mean, of course they wouldn't because certain people that they're dealing with, and they want to look cool in front of the, the market. For Especially in the community, everything's about being cool. That's why I tell people I don't want to be cool because this era of what considers cool is too destructive. I don't want to be cool. If that's the case, let me be the most uncool person possible. And I've become that because I'm vocal and open about how I feel about certain things, like I said, even with hip hop. I'm very vocal about it because I know that it's a part of the problem. Jay-Z could tell people not to wear a jersey anymore and put on a button-up, and people do it. That's the same way now. When you look at it, we don't have, like you mentioned him earlier, at least he was, even through the music, even though he talked about his past and his life, at least he still kind of gave some positive things into the music. Now it's just, do drugs, you know, get high, shoot people. like do. And I'm like, because even in Brooklyn right now, when you look, the crime rate is going up in Brooklyn. We've had, the other day, there was literally... Ten, seven shootings in 10 minutes. Like, I'm talking about different areas in Brooklyn. So it's like, what did what, what influenced that? When you look at the lifestyle of Chicago, we done took in the whole drill music. And, and so as soon as that we got that into our community, the gang violence shot up mm-hmm. extremely. But it's all about being cool. And it's like, you willing to die? To be cool. It's so funny you say that because um, so I was just telling you offline that I added an addendum to my book on culture and I literally said black America has a problem with wanting to be cool. I use the exact word and there's a quote in that chapter that I want to bring up which was uh, a quote that was written by Confucius who was a Chinese philosopher. Um, uh, 
I think it was like he was a Chinese philosopher from 440 BC, I mean, long time ago. And he said, um, if one should desire to know whether a kingdom is well governed, if its morals are good or bad, the quality of the music will furnish the answer. And when I read that quote, I instantly thought about Black America and I, the, the quality of the music, right? What you're putting in your ear is going to tell you whether or not the morals in this community are good and bad. And I talked about the irony that, you know, today people will say they have this concept of what acting Black is, right? And that this is what it means to be Black. And you, therefore, Candace, are not Black because you're speaking proper English, right? Uh, because you're not interested in having fights, you know, because you, you don't have baby dad, you know, baby daddies and all this stuff going on. And the thing is, as I say, actually, I'm very Black. I just don't recognize this decade of being Black. Because this is not what Black was in the 1940s. This is not what Black was in the 1950s. This is not when my grandfather was listening to music, the number one song was The Temptations. My girl, right? I write about this in the chapter. Yeah. The first words of my girl, I got sunshine on a cloudy day, and when it's cold outside, I've got the month of May. And then I looked at the top song right now in black America, and it's um, Megan Thee Stallion and Beyonce. And the first lyrics are like, um, I'm that bitch, I'm this bitch. Wait, wait, wait. And I'm thinking this happened in the span of 40 years, mm -hmm. right? 40 years. So what happened to black culture? And I mean, that is what happened to black culture. Because once it became like you have to live a certain type of way, now it's like there's no other way to live. It's like, and, and we congratulate stupidity in the black community. Like the more stupid you are, it's like, yeah. And I tell people, I was like, why you think kids didn't want to grow up going to school? Because going to school, you became a nerd. It's like, they don't respect you. Like, oh, look at you. And you can just tell even when it comes to like, even when it comes to like, People coming home from jail compared to somebody that's coming home from college. You see the difference in love and respect. And you know who gets it? The guy that comes home from jail. But the guy that just came busting his ass in college, four years, not getting no sleep, um, having to pop pills, like it's like not the you know, drugs that keep them up for them to keep, you know, going to school, going through working. All these things, they make it happen. And the next thing you know, they come to the hood like, yo, I just got my degree. Oh, that's what's up, man. Proud of you. That's it. The guy that gets locked up comes home from jail. Yo, here's 10 stacks, bro. You know what I mean? Get yourself together, man. Da -da 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 -da. Get back on the block. Da -da -da. Like, And I'm like, why, didn't, why wouldn't y'all give that $10,000 to the guy that just finished college? He might have some student loans. He might need that help. Because if you put him in the position of power, making sure he's good, he'll have more in incentive to come back to the hood and say, yo, I want to help build something because of my success when you guys supporting me from when I was going to school. But it's, it, it, it doesn't happen like that. They push those people away from the community. It's like, hey, every time I try to help these fools, they keep attacking me. You know what? F them. <laughs> they can stay where they're at. And then they'll be like, oh, he's acting different. Like, no, you people are not realizing what y'all doing to people mentally, especially with these young kids. If you're telling them that, oh, you have to have a certain sneaker on or you have to have certain discs on or you're not going to be accepted. Like you said, you can't, you, you got to talk in, in a certain type of uh, vernacular. Is that the word? Because you yeah. know, I'm not really big e on words. Ebonics, you know, Ebonics or whatever in order for you to seem like you're, like you're cool. But at the same time, even for me, like that's why I connect with a lot of them because I speak like them. Mm -hmm. I'm not great with grammar and all that. Extra stuff. Sometimes people tell me words. I'm like, what does that mean? <laughs> what does that mean? But at the same time, I grew up in that, so I understand why they react like that. And that's dangerous for our community. It's not good. If you could see the education of us going down, down, and we're in a time where what is it that you can't do? You have access to everything. You have literally everything in your hand. Y'all carry all day, but you prefer to be on Instagram. Right. Right. It's so true. And I want to go back to what you just said about, you know, that moment where you have, you're a person who could be from the hood and you're becoming more and more successful. And the more successful you become, the less the hood wants any, anything to do with you. And this is so tragic. And it reminds me of when I was starting early on, um, I, you know, was able to have a conversation with a very well-known and respected black conservative. And he, he warned me, he said, you're going to get to a point where you're just going to be done with, done with the community, right? Because you're going to realize, okay, fine, keep it the way you want. And I'm just, and you're going to just say, I'm just going to go be successful by yourself. Right. And I can imagine that that has happened to so many. I mean, think about people that like Condoleezza Rice, right? Mm -hmm. This woman started her life living in an, a real racist America, right? And she talks about that. I mean, you, you can't say this woman is not black, but you do, right? 
you, you sit here, you say Clarence Thomas stopped black. They grew up in segregated America. You say they're not black because they became successful. You know, he's the, the second, I think, black um, Supreme Court justice ever. You know, you don't you don't celebrate him. You decided he's not black. Um, uh, and there are so many examples. Dr. Ben Carson. I mean, he survives almost every purity test. You talk about him. He grew up in a single parent home in, in uh, a poor neighborhood in Detroit. His mother wasn't literate. Uh, he went to a school and was bullied for being black, you know, because he somehow ended up being able to go to a white school. His whole story is black. fell in love with a black woman. At, you know, at Yale, married her, he's still married to her, and you have stripped him away of his blackness. Why? Why? Right? And it, so if that's what, what it means to be black, right? What it means to be black is you have to pretend to be uneducated. You have to speak broken English. Uh, who wants to play that? Eventually you say, okay, you know what? I'm done with this. I, I, I've, I've tried. I've tried my whole life. And they have, I mean, they tried their whole lives to, to help the black community, and we just rejected them. We said they're Uncle Toms and they're Coons and they're race traitors. What are they? What are they betraying? I a mean, broken culture. They, they're showing the positive sides of our culture. They're showing, and to me, that's an insult. Like, what makes you think we can't talk proper? Right. What makes you think that just because we come from somewhere we can't make it happen? It's the same thing when I wore my MAGA hat, and people made me famous for it. I'm like, I shouldn't be famous for wearing a MAGA hat. That's insulting to assume that a black person doesn't think for themselves, because that's really what it came to. Like when people go. Well, why you got the hat on? Why you support that? Why? And I'm like, because I have my own mind and I want the best. I don't care who gives us the best. As long as we're able to create solutions, what else matters? You think I can't think for myself? You think you think I have to be like you because everybody else says follow this? I'm supposed to follow that? Well, I've been watching you people follow the same thing forever and it's never worked. Mm. So you want me to continue the process? So you think I'm going to be an idiot? Like that famous thing that people like to say... You know, with insanity, is like if you keep doing the same thing over, expecting different results, Yeah, it's insanity. So you want me to be insane with the rest of you and look stupid like the rest of you. I'm, I, I would not, and plus I'm not fake. I'm always going to stick to the truth, regardless of what I'm going to get attacked for. I don't care. It's the truth. So I'm going to be vindicated anyway. Maybe not at that moment we're going to deal with the pressure, but overall in time, people like us are going to be considered real heroes. But we keep pushing our heroes away from us. That's it. And then talking about, oh, we don't got nobody representing us. We got nobody doing this. I'm like, even when, when I'm in the hood and people are talking junk, I'm like, bro, you got somebody that is respected by the White House, bro. Like, we never had nobody that looked like me in the White House representing. I got tattoos all over my face, my hands. I'm in the White House and you would think people would judge me. And it's like, they didn't. They love me and respect me for my mind and what I'm able to do. But if you have somebody in that position that could actually make a phone call to somebody that's in a position to help our community, why are you attacking me? Because all the people that you guys are supporting, they have no connection to anything. Mm. They may be famous. They may this. But when it comes to actual power, they don't have any. Like, I'm the conduit for you guys. I'm the ear that for them to be like, yo, look, this is what's going on in the neighborhood. This is what we need. But they'll attack me for it, thinking that I'm not helping my people. I'm like, they're like, oh, you got a whole bunch of white fans. I'm like, well, my white fans, you know what they tell me in my DM? They don't go, thank you for what you're doing for us and stuff. They go, I love what you're doing for your community. Mm -hmm. They're not saying I love what you do for us as Americans. I mean, a lot of them do, but they also, they always add, I love what you're doing for your community. But they look at it as, oh, you're just doing what they, what they want you to do. You want to be white. I'm like. Isn't that crazy, though? I mean, because some of the stuff that people say in our community, and I'm, I am convinced that we are the most racist, but somehow we've sanctioned being racist towards white people so nobody recognizes as racism, right? So case in point, when I post a, posted a photo you know, of my husband and someone wrote, I mean, the racist comments are there for black people. This must be why she's conservative. Oh, the white man this. Mm -hmm. I said, just imagine that reversed. Imagine a white guy is married to a black woman and he posts a photo of his black wife and a bunch of white people comment under there, oh, look, you, 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 oh, that's why she, you're betraying our race. It's unfathomable. Could you imagine if a bunch of white people commented under that after seeing a black woman marrying a white man, people would go crazy. They would say this is an example of racism, but black people do it comfortably, comfortably, you know, talking about, and I'm sitting here when you even say that, you should be ashamed of yourself for not knowing your history. Your ancestors died for that right, mm -hmm. okay? Like when, what love versus 
Virginia, the Supreme Court case, when they literally got imprisoned, a black and a white person mm -hmm. for falling in love. You know what I mean? These people fought to end that sort of discrimination so that you could marry who you love, right? True equality, being able to marry who you love, where their background doesn't matter. And you're ashamed of that. You, you, what you're, you say you want integration, but you're fighting for more segregation. You want people to hate white. I don't hate white people. I don't feel that way. And I don't feel like I have to hate white people to love my people. That's it. It's not an either or. You can, I love all people if they're good, and I hate all people if they're stupid. And stupid comes in every different color. You know what I mean? Every, every color. different color, every ethnicity. I've seen, I've seen stupid all across the board. And I just, I hate that that pressure that is applied that this is what it means to be black. And I'm thinking to I myself- them, What is the definition of that? I, I, I actually did a post about that. I said, what is it that defines me being black? Is it because I'm doing something positive? Because if you look at it, we're only doing positive things for our community. So in order for us to be accepted as black, we have to be doing negative. You have to be killing people. You have to be popping drugs. You have to be on some dumb stuff. Mm -hmm. Like that's that's not what we represent. We don't come from that. Talk to me about the ones that didn't care about none of that. Like 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 Jack Johnson, who was the first black celebrity boxer. At that time, like you said, they would go to jail. He married a white woman. He did. He did, and he went. He went to prison for. It. And actually, it's funny because the president is the one that you know really told me the story him. and why he wanted to pardon him. And it's it, to me, I think it's that part part of the gap that we're facing is that there's this educational gap where they actually you have a bunch of black people who know nothing about black history. They they only know black present. They only know black media and what what people are telling them and what it means to be black. And then you have um, that culture being acquiesced by celebrities who are largely ignorant. And, you know, Le LeBron James is number one to me. I mean, he's so talented on the court, but this is not an educated man, right? And so he takes the bait and a bunch of people follow him and they go, oh yeah, see LeBron's actually black. LeBron, you are hurting black America when you lie, when you don't research the fact, when you send a tweet and say we're literally being hunted, yes. absent any facts, you're not a hero in that regard. You're not being a hero, you're being an idiot and you're spreading that idiocy very quickly throughout our community. And your influence is huge. Your so. influence is huge. You have a responsibility to either shut up or read research and know your facts, right? And if you're not going to research and know your facts, then we just need you to play basketball because you're brilliant at that, right? And mm -hmm. you should be celebrated on the court. You're an amazing talent. But when you have our people outside from behind your Bel Air multi-million dollar mansion, right? Having them run outside, moving now quickly to this defund the police, it's not going to hurt him. He's got private guards. Of course. This man has a white chef, a white guard. I said, I said this, white chef, white gardener. He's got white people waiting on him hand and foot. Let me tell you, if that is racism, I want it today. Please, let me get more of that. Whatever LeBron mm -hmm. James' racism is, I want that racism, right? Right? And, you know, it, it really is. It's a broken culture. It's a broken society. And hip-hop is hurting things. But I also want to talk to you about something I've realized. Even if black Americans are aware and know their history, right? And you can get black conservatives who understand the history much more, who understand, you know, the ills of the left and what the left has done. But still in that regard, you they bring to the conservative side, the same bad habits that I was hoping black conservatives would be abandoning. And what I'm talking about, number one, is conflict resolution. Black Americans do not know how to resolve basic conflicts. Everything has to turn into a fight. I hate you forever. You got to draw lines. It's like you're this gang or that gang. And you still see it happening in politics. Mm -hmm. The hater mentality is, is big everywhere, I guess, because we come from the hater culture. Like you said, conflict resolution, right? Me personally, I had a guy that shot at me, right? Five times uh, at when, uh, in broad daylight at my old school in Queens. And that same guy, he ended up getting arrested, did five years. That same guy, I seen him five years later on Jamaica Ave in Queens. And I guess he's like, he got, he, he basically like, act, it was if he saw a ghost. So I guess he thought it was over for him. I said, brother, look, you did five years, bro. Like, if you're not over it at this time, then I wouldn't know what to say. I'm over it, bro. I don't, you didn't kill me. You didn't kill nobody that I know. At the end of the day, we're both alive. The best thing we could do is just, is just leave it alone. Do you know that same person used to come to my studio that I built in my, in my, in my, in my community for people to come in and, you know, have free studio time. I taught them engineering, how to be able to record themselves so they wouldn't need anybody. And he's like my brother now. Like literally, it's like my brother. Like if I call him and I say I have some drama, he's gonna come and handle anybody. 
But my, even though I never try to entertain that, but the whole point is we can solve issues. The mafia, they could, the guy could have killed his brother two weeks ago, but because of the bigger picture, they will come together at a table and actually have a conversation to make sure nobody else dies. And I think a lot of times we we get so caught up with our emotions that we don't look at the bigger picture. Right. At the end of the day, if I go and hurt him, there's somebody that loves him too. Now they're going to come hurt somebody else. And the cycle is just going to keep going, going. Who Who's going to end that cycle? We have to have one person in their mind that say, you know what? I ain't going to continue the cycle. And that's what I was about. Like, I'm not continuing this cycle because I know where it's going to go. So am I going to let my ego and my pride take that over? and add more people's lives from being destroyed? Nah, I ain't gonna do that. So like I said, the example is, I had somebody that tried to kill me and I was able to be cool with them. Right. You guys are ready to kill somebody because they don't even, because you don't like what they said. Right. That was stuff about stuff that has nothing to do with you. You know, oh, who you support? I hate you, I gotta kill you. I right. get death threats, <laughs> like you wouldn't even believe. Right. And I'm like, for me having my own opinion, because they don't understand how to, like you said, conflict resolutions. Yeah. They don't know how to have a real conversation to actually have an understanding of what's going on in your mind of why you choose certain things. And I attach that I attach that to intellect too. I think, you know, as the education system continues to fail black America, because it is failing black America, you know, when you can look in California and 75% of boys can't read, when you can go into Baltimore, 75% of black boys can't pass a basic literacy exam, when you can go into Baltimore and across five schools can't find one kid, child that's literate, proficient in math and writing, um, you have an issue. We have a larger issue. And the issue, as I understand it, um, from some recent books that I read, is that they've dumbed down the education system because they think anything that's considered a challenge now is not fair to black America, right? So you actually have schools that are teaching Ebonics because they're saying that the schools need to be more cultural and adapt. Uh, it's the same thing with like before, English used to be a requirement. Now they're insisting on allowing kids to never have to learn a word of English and, you know, just speak Spanish throughout all of school, making sure those programs are available. So we're seeing this sort of corroding of the education system. And when you, if you can't, you know, think, right? You're not going to be able to think through a situation or a conflict, right? And say, okay, what are the benefits here? This person, I'm upset about this. How, what, what are the th three different ways I can handle this? You know, my thing is always pick up the phone and call someone. Don't let it get to step B. Pick up the phone, call somebody, say what you think, and and let that be it and let it be the end of it. But you see today, and I see this, and I, I've been shocked to see it, even amongst black conservatives, public videos about each other. I mean, there are, there's so few of us, you know, that have a platform that can speak out and can be an example, right, to to black children that don't know what to make of this world, that we're hoping that will understand that conservatism is a, a better brand. You're calling yourself a conservative, but it, it, is how you're acting conservatively, is that really the example you want to be? This call-out culture, and, and I, you likened it off-camera to uh, the rap game, like rap battle culture. What are we doing? What are we teaching people? You know, how can we come together? It's, it's, it's sad that, you know, we just got to focus more on educating the youth right now. A lot of these people are already lost. So there's really nothing you could do for somebody like that that has a certain mentality because they already feel how they feel. Mm -hmm. You have to educate them from young. I, even with my program, it's more about deprogramming certain things that they've been taught. And the only way you could do that is by getting them from young. We got to get them from young, but we, we don't teach them that. Oh, you can't do something because it's skin color. Like, and we push that shit in our community. It's like we affirm it. So it's like, well, I've heard this from women. Now look, my own people are telling me this every day. We're pushing that narrative, weakening our own community. And I don't think they understand when you say these things, you're hurting us. You're not helping thinking you're putting us on. Like, you ain't putting me on a shit, bro. Like, you only telling me how weak I am, how I can't do this, how I can't do that. Like you said, with the school system, all that proves how racist they are to believe that we're not even able to read or to we're not English. able to do, yeah. to speak English properly. Like, you know, I have, like, I think probably I was saved because I wasn't big on school because I, you know, the certain lifestyle I was living, school was not a priority. And I think maybe that kind of saved me from being indoctrinated in many ways because <laughs> I'm just looking at how... You know, the way that our kids is now is like, yo, it was like, how could we be dumber in a time when we're supposed to be smarter? I know. But they but they just keep insulting us, saying, oh, they need help. Poor black people. I'm like, no, poor nothing. <laughs> We're not poor black people. I don't want to be looked at that way. Like, oh, because I'm black. I'm not. I can't do this. Like, that's insulting to me. Like, I don't know how anybody else doesn't take that as an insult. But for me, 
That's insulting. Like we overcame every serious issue in our in, in, in black for with black people. So how do we get to this point for us to believe we can't do something? Like even when I voted for Obama the first time, everyone's like, "Oh, why you voted for me?" I, you, I was like, "I didn't vote for. I voted for him because he was black, but not the same reason why you voted for him because he was black." I was just tired of hearing black people with excuses because every time I used to talk, I'm like, "Man, you can do whatever you want out here." I'm like, "No, we can't. We can't be president." I'm like, "Ha ha!" Right? Ha ha! We got one now. What is your excuse now? Because there's nothing we cannot do. They say, "Oh, we don't have our own airport business." I said, "Wrong again." And these are the things, oh, we don't have our own banks. Wrong again. Stop thinking that we can't do things, but we don't show that. So the more you don't see that, why do you think these kids want to be drug dealers? Because that's the only people in their hood that they see as successful. You know, because when people become doctors, these are all the people that was being called names, like we were saying earlier. Yep, acting so they, white. So you don't see. Acting white. So you don't see them people in the community. So they don't know that there's other options to be successful and drive nice cars and have a nice house. They don't see these options. The only options they get is the pimp, the drug dealer, and the scammers. And the and the and the and the and the jack boys. So it's like these are the only options and they're all negative options. Even though I fell into that trap myself, but at the same time, these are negative options. There's other ways. But if you keep pushing the people that are able to let them see that away from the community, you're only leaving them with them four options. So what do you think is going to happen? Because mm -hmm. people only go by, because in our community, where I tell a lot of times we have to give tangible things, they've been told lies their whole life that they actually have to see something now in order for them to fully believe it. Like, all right, let me see what you put in here. Well, you said you was going to do this. Well, let me see it. That's when they'll start kind of like waking up because they'll be like, oh, it could really happen. That's why with me, I use myself as an example because I come from that. And I'm like, look, bro, look at me. Like, look at me, bro. How, how can you not do it? And I come from the same effed up circumstances as you. How did I do it? Oh, he got paid. Oh, he did. I'm like, no, bro. I changed my mindset. I focused on what I wanted to do. And I did it. Right. Right. And, and, and until we develop that, and I think it's self-confidence, right? And that all, a lot of this really stems from insecurity. And talking about when this happened, you know, Shelby Steele does a pretty good job of talking about really in the mid 60s the problem the the thing that happened in black america that changed everything and this is such an interesting thesis is freedom so he says that you know when black americans were actually fighting for their freedom because there was a real struggle in place they were doing everything that they could so they were you know being upstanding citizens the families were together and it was just a whole different there was an actual community because there was a real struggle to fight for and then at the very moment that they got freedom things changed and he says and this is an interesting philosophy, that freedom after years of actual oppression is a very hard concept to grapple with because your whole time you're fighting for people to realize that you're not unequal, right? You're like, I, I can be equal. I'm, I'm the same as you. Please, please, please. And finally, society says, yep, done. You get your freedom. And then he says people actually go through a period of like shock because you're so used to like being in this cave because now they have to grapple with the fact that they actually aren't equal because they shouldn't be because they've been you know systematically oppressed but now you're up you're you're mixed up with white people white people are more well read than you you know they're doing better at math and all the stuff and the only way that you can catch up is through hard work right but people are don't want to do that work right it's easier you feel more comfortable saying oh well the reason we're not there is because of systemic oppression so you, you get into this you know this self-defeating cycle because the only way you're going to catch up is if you do the work but you're not going to do the work because you know you, you want to hide behind the boogeyman of racist racism now and we've been behind the boogeyman for a very long time right we're not challenging our kids to do the work we're not making our kids study harder we're not our kids are not excelling at school the gap has not disappeared at all between white and black americans academically um our kids are not graduating high school high school at a good rate. Um, you know, we're 20 times more like in prison where our families are broken down. We've got all of these problems and we refuse to address any of them, which is why I just find the Black Lives Matter movement to just be rooted in fraud and, and it, it just a lack of courage, complete cowardice. I would support that movement in a second if they were talking about what we're talking about. If they were talking about black on black thing. crime, if they were talking about abortion, if they were talking about father absence, I'd be like, this is, yes, finally we are having a real discussion with ourselves, but we won't do it. Yeah, because, you know, they only focus on a specific type of problem that is the least of our problem. Mm -hmm. So I always, I always, you know, say this, like, so are we going to focus more on the leaky faucet or the fire in our kitchen? Yep. Like, what, what do you think is more important? Okay, we, it could be a problem eventually. 
you know, if we keep letting it happen, maybe it'll become a problem eventually with the leaky faucet. Your bill might go up a little bit. The noise might be a little annoying. But if you ignore that fire, you destroy the whole house. So we ha we have to stop letting them push those narratives because you're not focusing on the root of the problem. And to me, it's like a weed, right? Even if you cut the top, the weed will grow right back. You would have to uproot it from the root in order to stop it from growing. And this is why I tell people, like, look, at the end of the day, we have to focus on the real situation. Because if we take care of the real situation, the police brutality situation would disappear. Right. Because you'll have upstanding citizens. Exactly. Police don't want to get into these confrontations with black people. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah, so it's like, it's like, what is our problems? Fatherhoods, lack of education, um, lack culture, of respect. Yeah. lack of respect. Like, so why don't we focus on those things that's really destroying our community. So I, I heard that uh, T.I. goes, there's no black on black crime. I said, so what do you call black people killing black people? And then he wants to say, well, white people kill white people too. But I'm like, regardless, first of all, we're not talking about white people. So don't add them into the mix because they're not the ones out here screaming and crying and, and, and bitching out here. Like you guys are the only ones doing it. So we have to talk about your issues because you're forcing us to talk about it. Right. So we got to speak on black on black crime because we're killing each other at an alarming rate, way more than white people are killing each other. So how are you telling me there's no black on black crime? Yeah, there's white on white crime, there's black on black crime, there's Asian on Asian crime. We understand we kill amongst our demographics, but we're doing it at such a high level right. that you have to talk about that first. Like I said, that's the fire in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. So we have to speak on that because number one, you guys are crying all day about it. And that's a, a bigger issue. So if you just ignore that issue, 95% of black yeah. people are killed by other black people. If just would, ignore yeah, 95%. Just ignore that. And, and that was my problem with Black Lives Matter. It's like, why you guys are not focusing on the things that's really going to prevent that? It's because they want it to continue to that's happen. Right. They're race baiters. This is how they get money, like Al Sharpton. They're not going to get nothing from an alive black person. Mm -hmm. They need a dead one that got killed by a specific circumstance in order for them to receive their money. So they have to put that fear, they have to put that hate with police, they have to talk about that all the time so they could get new business every year or right. every election time. So they're not trying to save anything right. at all. What are you trying to save? Why y'all don't have, pro they got billions of dollars of budget. Why y'all don't go and go to neighborhoods and give 20 million per these bad neighborhoods to build schools or centers, make sure they have better education, make sure they have, you. if you guys want to, uh, private security. Why they not marching for when a, a young a black man gets killed by a straight bullet that had nothing to do with something? Why they not marching up that hood every day, rioting? Not rioting, but watching up and down every day. You think they're gonna shoot anybody when that's happening? Because they can't raise millions. You could potentially save hundreds of lives just doing that. Because I think any, I think even with anybody that's doing something positive, you save one life, you could potentially save the world. You guys are not even looking to save lives. You just want to deal with dead black men. Mm -hmm. Like and, they, and they raise tons of money. And, and that's also a, a, one of the most frustrating elements is the idea like Candace must be getting paid so well to say what she says. No, 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 guys. Look at your community. How much do you think they're getting paid to say what they say? This is what you don't understand. They're the ones pocketing millions of dollars, right? When George Floyd died, within 48 hours, Black Lives Matter raised $40 million. Within 48 hours. Nobody knows where the money His goes. His family got $15 million. His family got 15 separate from the $40 million separate. that was raised, right? Nobody, how much money did I get for telling the truth? Zero. Zero dollars. I got haters, death threats. This is how I'm making money. Who do you think is who do you think is cutting me a check? You think what like oh, weird? I get that. Right? Who do you think is cutting me a check to tell you the truth about who George Floyd was? Who do you think is? Thank you, Candace. Let me write you. Mm -hmm. If I wanted to make money, I jump on the Black Lives Matter side. Facts. That, that's the that is where they're making those that's are the what, highest profit margins you can have. Find a dead black person, a white person that's responsible, and make millions, and and never get questioned on where the money goes. Just disappear. Right, spend your millions, wait four years, and earn the exact same millions again for the exact same scenario. And they don't get that. You're accusing the people that are telling you the truth of earning money for telling you the truth, and and celebrating people that are telling you lies that are pocketing millions and stealing it from you. That is my problem with Black Lives Matter and the perception in the media. Mm -hmm. And the reality is, we should be getting paid millions of dollars, right, for telling the truth, right? I we wish I could be. get millions of dollars. Why, 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 why not? Right? Because we're the real Black Lives Matter movement. You know, that's why. You know, I I, I didn't. Uh, because I after I did the hashtag, I didn't know nobody else said it, but I I was I pushed the whole all Black Lives Matter situation. Oh, that was you. Yeah, I saw yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So I, and people was like, oh, you know, all Black Lives Matter. I said, yes, we're going to protect all 
black lives. Don't just make it a specific type of black situations. Let's make it all. You want the police brutality? We can add that in there too. But let's talk about preventing fatherless um, um, homes. Let's prevent these young black women from having abortions, which I believe is a choice thing. But I feel like just having the access makes it more easier for them to even be like, oh, okay, let me just get rid of my baby. We got to stop that. We got to stop all, every situation. If a little baby gets shot by a straight bullet, we're supposed to be there for that too. If we need education, we're supposed to be there for that too. It can't just be coming around for that one specific situation. And it's like they get mad when you say that. Like, first of all, even when I say all lives matter, where does that exclude black people at? The word all is in the equation. Mm. Why are you guys mad about that? And if they're like, oh, you're taking away from our movement, you don't have a movement, you don't to, have take, any movement. to take away from. Oh, the message. I'm like, but this message is BS. It's not real. But they keep pushing it, and you really believe this is real. You really believe if you walk outside, you'll just get shot from a cop. People really believe that. Mm. That's sad to me. Like, if you live in that kind of lifestyle where you're that afraid, you got to change the way you're living right now because right. that's horrible. Right. And if you really, I mean, just even pretending that we live in a racist society, I'm like, where do you go that you just see black and white people at it all the time or Hispanic, any any race? Where do you, where do you live that that is your natural occurrence that you act like you live in the 1940s? You're, mm-hmm. You've literally accepted a media simula- simulation. It's just not real. I've never go encountered walk. racism in my life ever. I mean, it, it, it's just, of course, there's going to be pocket of race, you know, racists somewhere that are hiding out. Right, but you're calling people racist. I don't even racist. You can't even look at a situation for what it is. You know, it's ironic. I actually, uh, you know, I also did a video about the two Karens in the park, as I called it. You know what I mean? Like, oh, you need your dog on a leash, and he starts, har- you know, harassing her, and then she says she's gonna call nine one one, and they ruin this woman's life real quick. Right? Fire from her job, dog taken away, all that stuff. And I said, I said to my dad. Imagine if it was the exact same flip scenario. If it was a black woman walking her dog in the park, not on a leash, and a white dude came up to her and started filming and said, your dog needs to be on a leash. You need to do this. Black America would have been on fire. They would have been like, she can't even walk her dog without white people coming in. You know, what's more peaceful? She's walking her puppy. We just, we don't see it. It's always about the race. And if you, even if you flip the races and you gave the exact same scenario, you'll get an opposite response from black America. and, And to me, that's sad. It's it's sad that we are put. We have a lot of uh, I don't I can't call it Karen right because I think they assume black people don't have that name Karen. But we have people that act like Karen in our community are worse, right? Like way worse than I ever seen. But you know they only paint that one picture because they want to push that narrative. They want us to think that people don't like us. I've never encountered racism, and the funniest thing is like I be in the hood. I'm like. And they be like, yo, man, white people racist. I'm like, boy, you ain't never hung out with white people your whole life. You've been stuck in these four corners your whole life. You never even had an encounter with white people. You never even hung around white people. How do you know? Because somebody told you? Like, I've made that mistake in my life too before, and I learned my lesson. I said, look, check this out. I've heard negative things about certain people, and I was like, I ain't going to mess with them because of what I heard instead of what I knew. Lost out on great opportunities because of that. So it's like, why would I continue to make them same stupid moves? Because I'll meet that same person that they talk about, and I'll be like, well, I didn't see none of that what you're talking about. Like, mm-mm, this is, this, is, this is not true. And to me, like, this is something that we have to change. If, and if we don't change it, instead of just believing what people hear, we at that point now where it's just, we hear something, we just believe that's what it is about whatever situation or what, about whatever person. And I'm like... You're going to ruin so many opportunities in your life with that mentality. You guys never been around no white people. Go hang with some white people. See if you feel the same way. Right. We have to start combating the media perception with actual experiences. And I want to ask you this as a last question. Are you optimistic or pessimistic about the direction that black America is trending toward? Uh, I'm kind of in between in many ways because... I think especially from this conservative movement, I'm seeing a lot of young black people that are like giving us hope, like, Mm -hmm. oh man, we can make it happen. But then again, you have the overpowering of the negative. So it seems like that's all they want to push and show. So we got to combat that. So when we get to where we start lessening the negatives and start showing more of the positives, then I'll probably be more on some optimistic. Right type of move. But right now I'm kind of stuck in between because it's like it's at a point where you don't know where it's going to go. 
So like for me, I'm always an optimistic person. So I'm always going to go with I'm optimistic with change because we've been through the worst and we always overcame. But it's like, like I like you said before, it's like, yo, you know, you're doing something positive and they push you. It's like to like not even mess with them anymore because they're attacking you for it. But like I said, man, I'm optimistic. So I'm going to go, I'm, I'm going to wait, go towards the optimistic side and say, listen, I think we're going to have a, a major change soon, especially when people like us continue to do what we're doing. Eventually people are going to wake up because I've seen it. I got hundreds of thousands of people that hit me up like, yo, you changed my life, bro. Like I, I used to think this type of way and now listening to you. So I know people want to listen because at the end of the day, as we continue to tell the truth, whether we get backlash for it or not, eventually the truth is going to prevail. You cannot beat the truth. It doesn't matter how long the battle is with the lie. The truth is always going to win. Oh, I love that. That's so powerful. I love that. Um, all right. Well, we wrap every episode with allowing you to leave a face message for the world. Um, so if you could, in two minutes, um, say something that you hope would fall on the ears of every single person, um, not just in our community, in the larger American community and throughout the world, and you think that it could impact change, what would it be? You're going to look I at- I don't even need two minutes. You don't even need two minutes. You already know. It's one word. All right. Well, hold on. I'm going to introduce you. Um, on your market set world, I give you king face. Unity. If we learn to work together as a people, there's nothing that's going to stop us. At the end of the day, even when you want to talk about white people, and but I, it, in our past, if it wasn't for white people, we would not be free because we had to have a large amount of white people saying, I don't want to see black people being treated like animals in order for us to be. Because if we live in the world, when we go by the percentage, we got 70% white people and you got 40% black people. If they did a vote and 70% was all white, we're done. We will still be in slavery. We, you, you, us working together is what the threat is. And that's why they try to separate us with this whole race thing. We have to be united. This is the United States of America. We have to be united as a people because we're not just white, black, any other culture. We're human beings. And the only way we could change things is being united. It's unity. And unity is the key. Without unity, nothing can happen because if we keep bridging and adding more gaps into, into our lives is when it cause more conflict. And it's actually gonna actually create more racism. So let's just continue being unity. Stop worrying about who people are married to, it's irrelevant. Stop worrying about the stuff that don't matter. We always focus on the things that don't matter instead of focusing on what does matter. And that's unity and working together. It's the only way we're gonna have change. Amen. That's a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for coming in. No, thank you for having me. Thank you guys for watching the latest episode of The Candace Owens Show. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. As many of you guys already know, PragerU is a 501c3 nonprofit organization, which means we need your help to keep all of our content free to the public. Please consider making a tax-deductible donation today. I would really appreciate your support.